0: Well, what is it? I just wanted to talk to you about some of the things that have been happening here lately. It's useless to try and explain it to you. You wouldn't understand. It all seems so absurd. So fantastic. All I can do is get away from you as soon as possible. you dance the dance of another, you make yourself in the image of its creator.
1: I feel like I'm not even here yet.
0: The dumplings incredible. One, two, three. The way she transmits her work. You have to decide what is it you want to be for this company. There's more in that building than what you can see, Doctor.
1: Dangerous people.
0: So, Corey, are you ready to dance? Dance? (laughs) You're going to dance for me? You're going to dance across the stage? Oh, I'll dance. Make sure to dance like your body is not in control because it's really in control by, well, we don't want to get into that yet. Welcome back to the Wages of Cinema. Um... I am, as always, your Humble Jack.
1: And I am Trash Cory.
0: Yeah. I don't know why that will be my new nickname. That's a bad nickname to have. I am Humble Jack.
1: It's too much like Simple Jack.
0: <laughs> I can never have a nickname because, like, Ben Stiller <laughs> ruined it for me with his, like, you know, I'm poking fun at people who make fun of retardation. And, you know, it's... <laughs>
1: Yeah, your unfortunately Humble Jack is Simple Jack adjacent, so it will not do.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm just your host, Jack. I think plain bagel host Jack is good.
1: Bagel Jack.
0: (laughs) I'm Bagel Jack. That's good. Oh,
1: that'd be cute. Yeah. Bagel
0: Jack. Yeah, I'm a mini bagel. All right. Well, anyway, enough about me. Let's get into our thing of the week. Um... Or who knows if it'll be an, if there'll be another thing later this week? But we uh, watched both versions of Suspiria, and uh, for those who uh, actually have been listening to the Wage of Cinema for a minute, uh, we actually did a episode about the Dario Argento directed uh, Italian film from 1977 way back in 2016. If you want to go back in our archives, maybe I'll include a link in the description of this video. Uh, When we were doing our uh, Cinema Immersion Tank series, uh, Andrew, uh, our co-host, actually watched the movie five times in a week, (laughs) you know, dedication to his craft. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll see if I can slip in a little soundbite of what he thought here true there's no film like suspiria but it's more of a novelty than an innovation it doesn't horrify because the writing is so slight the characters are thin and unrelatable and the plot is full of holes and it doesn't shock because anything shocking is destined to age poorly especially after 39 years there's little depth to suspiria and five viewings didn't change my mind what i thought would be interesting was because i had never seen the the 2018 film you had seen neither version correct had you ever seen even like a bit of the original film like maybe when i was watching it or something
1: no i'd heard of it but i had never seen even a scene from it
0: yeah and when the remake came out like did we talk about maybe going to see it and then we just didn't was it one of those movies
1: i was put off by the runtime And by the fact that I really didn't like the movie the director made before Suspiria. Which
0: also, you can listen to our episode as well. Uh, One of of my personal favorite episodes, actually, about uh, Call Me By Your Name, where you were a piping hot trash panda that night. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: really didn't like Call Me By Your Name, so as you can imagine watching it get critical tongue baths and nominated for a bunch of Oscars, which is pretty insufferable for me. And when I saw that the movie was going to be two and a half hours long and with the taste of Call Me By Your Name still in my mouth, I was like, no, thank you.
0: Yeah, and I, I I wasn't as ferocious about the whole Call Me By Your Name thing. I thought it was all right. And we had each seen another film by Luca Guadagnino, before that, although we didn't watch either one together, uh, Luca Guadagnino, also Italian director, we're, we're deep in the, the, the pasta horror sauce tonight, <laughs> the spaghetti giallo horror sauce. Um, he also he made a movie with Tilda Swinton, also in this film, uh, called I Am Love, and then he made another movie called A Bigger Splash, and also
1: with Tilda Swinton.
0: Oh, she was in that too, right? I, I forgot that. And yeah, he has uh it's cool to have yeah, you know, he has a thing with Tilda Swinton. Um what I think made me want to go into doing this though was actually his most recent movie, uh when he did Bones and All, which I forget, we did we talk about that much when we were doing our year end list episode?
1: I don't think so, but Bones and <coughs> All is always really good. I recommend it highly.
0: Yeah, it didn't quite make my my top ten, or I don't know if it even made yours, but it was pretty close. Like it was a really strong, you know, kind of honorable mention film that not well funny to say this given the subject matter, not for all tastes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, if you don't know Bones and All, um, is this. I almost call it like kind of an instant cult movie uh, that, or it has that flavor. It's, you know, as soon as it arrives, it's like, you kind of know it's, it's about this young girl who is a a cannibal. She has the taste of, for human flesh and, you know, that doesn't work well with her dad. So she runs away from home and meets Timothy Chalamet and a lot, it's kind of like a road movie, you know, and it's a very sweet, romantic film until it's really fucked up and all I'll say is Mark Rylance and well go watch the movie Uh but you know because we're not reviewing that but I wanted to give context for why I had more faith in Luca Guadagnino after watching that and thought well you know what maybe it's time I go back to you know see Suspiria and see what people were you know hyping about it because it got it actually did get some very good reviews
1: well you told me the critical reaction to the new Suspiria was intensely polarized people tended to really love it or really hate it
0: yeah pretty much like and um and that, that always interests me a lot I mean I I sometimes come to a polarizing movie and you know I kind of clench my fists and other parts of my body. And I kind of wonder like, Oh, what am I going to think about this? You know, like, you know, antichrist was, you know, that's kind of a notorious one in my mind too. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So when I was coming into this, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. The runtime was definitely intimidating. I knew vaguely about how Tilda Swinton was playing multiple characters in the movie, even though, they don't advertise that at all. It's like a like a weird art film experiment, <laughs> almost that she's that she's playing multiple parts. Um, but you know, I mean, we can just get into it. I mean, kind of put, putting these two together. Um, you know, I I think what's it's the the 2018 film. It, it's that I don't know. if... Can you really call it a remake? Do you call it like something else? Is it just you called a remake because that's what we call these things. I think it's,
1: I guess it's close enough that it is a remake, but I will say. It's,
0: I would, I think when critics use the term reimagining, I almost feel like that's closer, but I don't know if that's a little pretentious.
1: I will say, I'm going to be quite critical of the 2018 Suspiria Me over too. the course of our conversation, but I have to say, this is not hack work. This is not. Uh, like, lame cash-in. When you think Unnecessary Remake, this is not that, in the sense that this was not a director just taking a paycheck to regurgitate something that came before. For better or for worse, this really did feel like a passion project, and the movie's different enough from the original that I think it justifies its existence in that regard.
0: Yeah, no, it's not like when we did... um... Actually, I don't know if this was our last versus episode, but when we did Firestarter mm. and you know, that was clearly, you know, something where the studio had this property, you have the name Stephen King, let's slap it on here. Let's not give a shit about the quality. Let's just toss it off and, you know, of course it it came and went and was completely forgotten. What you can give Luca Guadagnino, he really wanted to develop like his own distinct style for this project. He and his you know collaborators wanted to not just go beat for beat all of the same things as before. They wanted to explore like what's you know what happens in a uh you know in this institution of a dance company run by witches and you know, that premise, you know, is pretty simple enough that you could do different things with it. And I like that he decided to try that. If, you know, he wasn't all successful at it, I do appreciate that it is, you know, it is a sincere attempt. Like it's almost like, you know, the, the, when let, let, what is it called? Let me in. Yeah. Did did you see that?
1: No, because again, I saw the movie Let the Right One In. I enjoyed it. I didn't feel the need to see yeah. a remake.
0: See, see in this case, I almost feel like The Suspiria, the 2018 Suspiria is closer even though Let Me In is a better movie. I think Matt Reeves actually did try to do his own thing with his movie even though that is a little closer to the, you know, that first movie. But that, that's like the kind of example I was thinking where you actually have a filmmaker that actually says, let's, let's try this, you know, let's actually do this. Let's not just make a product, which, um, although it's, it's funny now though, when just before we got on mic, you were actually reading an article about, uh, Amazon. Yeah. And this actually, this, this 2018 Suspiria com- actually was made by, you know, it was, I don't know if it was financed or they picked it up, but Amazon Studios released it, and I feel like this actually is maybe one of the last of that group of films from the 2010s when, for like a brief amount of time, you had Amazon Studios just throwing money at filmmakers, saying like, "All right, go go do what you want. Come on, go ahead." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, Spike Lee with Chirac. Um, uh, Jim Jarmusch, Patterson, when Woody Allen had his brief <laughs> before they kicked him out. But you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, the kind of premise of the article I was just reading was that Amazon Studios, and the article was talking more about their TV division than their film division. Right. They did mention their film division. And basically, the thesis of the article was the people running Amazon Studios have tons of money but no taste, yeah. no creative discernment. None of them have an artistic temperament. Yeah. And they so they can't think any deeper than we're Amazon, we're rich. Let's just indiscriminately throw money at things.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's, but and I feel like maybe years ago they did have, they must have had like a couple of people who did care a little bit more, at least in the film division. Because again, to understand, okay, Spike Lee... Luca Guadagnino, you know, Woody Allen, these are filmmakers who, you know, they're going to give us something that we can we can put out.
1: And also Although I,
0: eventually although ironic, Suspiria 2018 did flop though.
1: I'm not surprised. Um, <laughs> I'm not, believe
0: mean, given like what horror was at that time, you know, if you're if you're a young person and you have the choice between 2018 Halloween and 2018 Suspiria, you kind of know what you want to watch.
1: I also think I'm. A, I don't. I also. I don't think the original Suspiria is one of those sacrosanct. This movie is so great, you can't dare no. sell it by remaking it. Because I like the original Suspiria. I definitely think the original is a succe- A much more successful movie than the remake. But I would say the original Suspiria is a gorgeous. But basic movie. Like, if I were to summarize it within, like, one sentence, I would be like, incredible sizzle, (laughs) mediocre steak,
0: but... You like the first crunch, but then, like, as you're actually chewing the meat, you're like, hmm, maybe this could have been cooked for, like, a minute or two longer. (laughs) Um,
1: well, it's an incredibly well directed movie. Yeah. I'm sure people much more articulate than I have have probably really have probably literally written books about the use of, of course. color in this. Oh movie. yeah.
0: Well, not only not only that, like actually, there's a book that just came out called like the the color the fifty colors of film, and I, I'm probably butchering that title, but it's it, I I actually have it in my well to bring it back again Amazon cart. Uh, this book that looks at like a hundred years of movies and how color was used in films, and um, you know, like Wizard of Oz, of course, you know, the Red Shoes, movies like that, and Suspiria has its own chapter.
1: Well, I found it very refreshing to see a horror movie that wasn't trading in being dark and dreary or no. beige and desaturated.
0: It it's like it's almost like psychedelic. Yeah. In a sense, like it's, it's really, you know, it, it's a complete immersion into its own created aesthetic. You know, Dar- and I think like Dario Argento even told like his cinematographer, you know, don't, don't watch other horror movies, watch like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. You know, this is kind of like a fairy tale. And even to that end, like in the, in the beginning of the movie, when uh the Jessica Harper character uh, Susie is being taken to the dance studio, it's like there's this shot where he show he shows the car going you know driving through the woods and the way the woods look is just great it it almost it looks like <clears throat> the 1970s version of like you know Little Riding Hood you know going through the woods it's it's so. Exaggerated, you can't not notice like the like the fairy tale aspect.
1: Yeah, and I felt like that was so fresh and creative to have a horror movie where it's like we're gonna we're gonna bombard you with color and vitality because that's not usually how horror movies go. And the kills are also incredible.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, it's it's a movie where he's Dario Argento. Just he. For, forgive my expression, he gets it up for the set pieces. And, you know, he always has done that. Like, he, even if he's not necessarily one to, mm, how should I put it, always, you know, care that much about plot, he cares about the effect that, as a director, he can have on an audience, which I think that itself has probably been very influential in the years since he made it you know immediately even you know John Carpenter with Halloween you know I'm sure watched Suspiria and realized oh this is what I can do with compositions this is what I could do with music oh yeah because the music is also like indelible with with the movie
1: Mm -hmm. but when I call the movie gorgeous but basic I meant that it is so handsomely mounted. It's so well directed. The cinematography is incredible. The script is though when I say it's basic, it's a pretty simple story. It's it's a
0: giallo. It's a, it's a, it's an Italian horror movie.
1: Also because apparently this is the way all these movies were made, the dialogue wasn't recorded on set. So Correct. everyone is ADR'd and to mm-hmm. me this resulted in some pretty stilted acting at times. So, yeah. I was actually open to the idea that the new Suspiria might have a better class of acting because I know you and I disagreed with this, but I really struggled with Jessica Harper's performance. I thought she got better near the end of the movie, but I thought her performance was pretty rough. Hmm.
0: Well, I I in think the first it's half. it's a tough character in a way for like, you know, any actor possibly. I maybe in a way maybe maybe it need to be an actor who was slightly younger like maybe that was one thing that by casting dakota johnson in the re- in the new one as opposed to jessica harper like jessica harper is not necessarily old looking but she like she's not like she doesn't look like a like a a teen like a young teen or something and the other odd thing which You know, I didn't know this until you know, reading up on the history with the Dario Argento film. He originally wrote the script to be like characters who were like 12 or 13 at this dance studio, which makes sense when you're you know training young dancers, they usually are young dancers, they're not necessarily, yeah, you have dancers who can be in their late teens or 20s, but. But then the producer said, like, no, we don't want to put, like, little kids through these set pieces you have in mind. Like, we don't want, like, a a 12-year-old girl going through all that barbed wire. (laughs) And so he kept the script the same while just casting everybody to be older. And I think that's maybe a little bit of, you know, maybe why, like, at times the dialogue between Susie and and Sarah, like, that... It sounds a bit like, hmm, what is this?
1: Yeah, so basically, I think Suspiria, there was potential room for improvement in the original. I was thinking, well, maybe the dancers themselves will be more interesting characters. Yeah. Maybe they'll give better performances. Having seen the remake, I think you are more correct that maybe it's just the central character is not that interesting. Because in the remake, yeah, The character, I would say, I kind of had the opposite experience. In the original Suspiria, the Argento one, I thought the performance and the character was pretty awful when the movie started. I warmed up to her a bit as the movie went on.
0: Yeah, well, once she becomes a little, maybe a little more active, it, could that be it too? Because for the first half of the movie, Jessica Harper's character is almost kind of like sedated. Yeah. there's that there's that great scene where and I, I this is where I might disagree a little bit. I think her physical acting is actually pretty awesome at the least like that that scene where she's told to dance, even though she's so out of it and she has and she tries, you know it, you know to and struggles to dance across the room and then passes out. like I think that's like really good at least physical acting.
1: Yeah, so in the Argento, my problem with the Susie character was, I was like, man, in the first half of the movie, I was like, man, Jessica Harper's so bad in this. And I didn't really blame her. I credited it again to the way that they shot these movies, but I kind of warmed to her. In the remake, with Dakota Johnson's performance, when the movie started, I was like, wow, Dakota Johnson's so much better than Jessica Harper in this movie. But as the movie goes on, her performance devolves
0: yeah that's a great point too and it it's there's a similar the one thing that is definitely similar in both films you know aside from the basic concept of you know american girl goes to germany to this dance company and uh Mm. you know she she wants to become you know part of the company you know the group but you know there's sinister goings on and a friend you know, her roommate kind of clues her into things she's noticing and, you know, wackiness ensues. Um, the, the 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 dynamic of the the two roommates is there and it's like the roommate is actually the more proactive character. That's what makes things a little bit strange is normally you would think, well, our main girl, who's the quote unquote final girl in kind of slasher movie speak she'd be the one trying to you know investigate what's going on you know what's happening behind this door you know what's does this lead to somewhere else you know you know that doesn't happen with her in the original film till that you know the last part of the movie so that's what maybe there's also part of that too that is a problem with both scripts and Guadagnino doesn't solve that he just adds a whole mess of stuff to it it's like if that stake is all sizzle and okay meat. Like, he just has that steak and okay meat and then just throws, like, you know, crappy potatoes (laughs) and, you know, hollandaise sauce and all this stuff. Yes. Am I making sense?
1: Yeah, so I think the original Argento movie... From a story perspective, it's pretty modest in its ambitions, and Mm -hmm. it succeeds on the basis of its visuals and styles. But I do think it succeeds. I think it's a good movie. I wouldn't call it a great movie because again, Mm. it's erratically acted. But
0: Yeah. yeah, see, for me, I'm I'm on board with the original Suspiria as like a you know a kind of classic of its kind. Like I wouldn't necessarily rank it, you know, among like. I don't know, like the, the shining or, um, uh, or even, um, Oh God, what's the, Oh, the, like the Innocents, uh, that, you know, movies that are, you know, real horror staples. Um, but for what, for the kind of movie that Argento is making where, you know, his, his setup is almost in part an excuse to execute his, you know suspense and murder scenes and you know to use that dolly track of his and his lighting it's it's it rocks it, it's like a it's a, like an immersive experience like it's that thing that appeals to me and i i think the story works enough for me too especially because i also like a lot in the original um the characters played by uh, alita valley and joan bennett there. Joan Bennett's Madame Blanc, who's also a she big character. Was, she
1: was excellent. Oh, she
0: was. Yeah, Alita Valley's the one who's like leading. She's more of like the hands-on teacher. Um, yeah, Joan Bennett is amazing. She's like a classic film noir actress, and it was kind of cool to see her. And no, this time watching her, I'd seen a number of her movies since then, and I really love her in this movie too. So I think that part of like it all of that works for me and I think the direction of it it's I can feel Argento's joy for his act of cinema while I watch it it's like almost like a movie even though it's not meant to be this it feels like a movie about the passion of making a movie uh, or putting a spell on you (laughs) and now I'm doing a thing with my fingers as I talk you have to be double jointed she must be Hungarian,
1: like <laughs> <laughs> from Ed Wood. Um,
0: yeah. But yeah, so that's that's where I'm at. Like I I do love it, but I I I totally get, it's not a sacred cow. It's not like well Vertigo.
1: Yeah. So I actually <laughs> feel like there was an opportunity here with a remake. Yeah. And my my very short review: if I said the original Suspiria is gorgeous but basic, um, I would say the remake. There are certain things about the remake that I think are pretty good, but unfortunately, the movie is just too, way too long. As I feared, that's yeah. why I didn't see in the theater, and also, it's just too unfocused. Yes, and the third act is basically a disaster.
0: It, it is totally uh, it unfocused is absolutely the word I honed in on, as you did. Yeah, I mean it's basically. You know, again, Susie is again; she's the nominal protagonist, but yes, yeah, she's so uninteresting until the movie has to make her so. And you know, Sarah, played by Mia Goth in in the new one, she's actually the more engaging one. You almost wonder, like, what if the movie had been about her? At least you would have had something. It maybe that could have been like the good change up to do, but in, but they don't take that opportunity they put a lot of their chips on Susie and they tried to develop more of her backstory as, by the way, we should mention right here, spoilers. Oh, yeah, if, you got, spoil. if you got here this far and you haven't seen 2018 Suspiria, stop what you're doing. I think I didn't say anything yet that would be considered a spoiler. So now we're just going to get into the spoiler land. You're you're, you're going behind the the mirror in your <laughs> dance studio and finding where it leads. So spoilers.
1: Spoilers for both movies, honestly, because who knows what we might say. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, so basically in this one, they give Susie the backstory that she came from, like, a Mennonite colony. And that's not, like, an inherently bad idea, but it's just what they do with it, It's it eventually leads to, well, Okay, well, but why did she need to really be from the Mennonite colony?
1: Well, they don't really do anything with it. I mean, you would assume a much greater level of culture shock than her character displays. Yeah, if she really was coming from that cloistered community. Yeah, and to your point about like Jessica Harper in the original, I think the kind of physicality of Dakota Johnson's performance is great. Like she nails oh, the dancing. oh, absolutely she. She's incredible at the dancing. Like, any time she needs to dance, she's great.
0: Yeah, that's one thing I will say for Dakota Johnson over Jessica Harper. Like, her physicality does trump Jessica Harper's physicality.
1: Yeah, but I think the problem is... (laughs) But the
0: problem is everything else. (laughs) Well,
1: it's just... The 1977 Suspiria is... What is it? Like, 98 minutes or something? Exactly. So... I also think you can kind of coast on vibes if you're making a movie that's like 98 minutes. If your movie is, I believe it's even longer than two and a half minutes. It's like
0: two hours and like 35 minutes.
1: But if you're making a movie that's two hours and 35 minutes, you need to like beef up your protagonist. And the problem is this movie, in trying to give Susie... Uh, like more fleshed out story. It just hits the same beats over and over. Again. Well,
0: and well, ultimately too. And you know, again, talking about major spoilers, her character ultimately is a lot different than the Jessica Harper character. Like in a way, the, there's a lack of background knowledge in the original and that's fine because of what that movie is yeah. in this, they give, you know, Susie all the stuff about, you know, she, grew up in a very it seemed like emotionally abusive repressive household she had to run away from home and in new york city she somehow managed to watch tilda swinton you know her character is mad is the the dance instructor here um you know uh, dr no i almost call her dr clemper that's like the other character she's madame blanc in this one um but eventually it's revealed well Here's where I'm a little confused. So was she really like this, you know, this kind of the villain of the whole movie? Or did she just get fully possessed by the witch coven?
1: I think. Now, earlier I said the third act of this movie is a disaster. And I'm not, the third act of this movie is awful. he,
0: he, He totally crawls up. Luca Guadagnino crawled up his own ass.
1: And I'll be honest. I really don't understand a lot of the end of this movie. I think we were supposed to take that she was almost like a reincarnation Mm. of the evil witch energy, but I'm not sure, to be frank. Yeah,
0: it it gets to be it's it's a darker turn of events than the than the original film, but it's also more obtuse.
1: Eh, it's so obtuse.
0: It's obtuse. Is it <laughs> deliberate? <laughs> Thank you, Andy Dufresne. And um,
1: I'm not even going to get into the bizarre, super obtuse, incomprehensible way the movie tries to engage with German politics.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I here's how I understood it. It was it's like it, it's it's set in again. It's this is also set in 1977. Um, the filmmakers involve more of the what was going on with the Bider Meinhof uh terrorist organization, um, and you know that whole uh, shebang, and so you have that part which I'm I'm I think I don't know there's a lot of time spent to that, I'm not sure. The other part I almost kind of get on like on paper level. Where another where the the kind of other storyline that eventually collides with this movie involves this like German doctor, also played by Tilda Swinton, uh, a man named Doctor Klemper, who like first it, it kind of you he somehow becomes involved with this whole world of the witches because Chloe Grace Moretz, who is in the be- very beginning of the movie, is run away from the dance company and gone to him for reasons. And you're following him through a lot of other scenes in the movie. And it's like, okay, so you also had something to do with the Holocaust and okay. So is this about like German guilt or something? I I don't know.
1: And there was this thing where like his wife was a ghost.
0: (laughs) Oh, and yeah. And Jessica Harper Plays his wife, but, like, yeah, she might have been dead in the scenes that she's in in the movie.
1: It's totally incoherent. And when I think everything involving this old man character, everything involving, like, the politics of Germany at the time and the Holocaust, it all needed to hit the cutting room floor. All of it. I mean,
0: None of it I, if I clear. wanted to take a stretch, here's here's how I'll try to connect thematically in a way like when you're, I guess Germany by that point, again, this is, you know, decades post world war II, post Holocaust, but you know, Germany, you know, had a lot of guilt and a lot of, you know, shit they were still dealing with by, you know, the 1970s. So maybe this is like, you know, we're kind of, A nation is wrestling with its own demons. Meanwhile, actual demonic figures are fuck you know have created this you know uh, supernatural dance studio where if someone disagrees with them, they'll just kill their asses through the power of dance. (laughs) Um, But I just it feels like you need you the movie really asks you to meet it not just halfway, but like three quarters of the way. And that's a lot to do when you're still trying to, to tell like a horror story.
1: Well, I'm just at a basic level. I don't understand. What did the director want me to take from this subpo? Like, what am I supposed to get out of this? What am I? I just literally don't understand it. And
0: And and you've and you've read and you've you read like you went to the Wikipedia after this. You listened to the This Had Oscar Buzz episode about this.
1: Yeah, and one of the guys on This Had Oscar Buzz, I think it was Joe Reed, said what I said that until the last maybe fifteen minutes of this movie, I could understand what was going on in like an individual scene but i couldn't really understand how i was supposed to be piecing this all together no. into a macro narrative yeah and i know when you flat out admit that you're like i just didn't get this you're kind of begging for like jerk film bros you, you, to you, be you, like oh you're just too dumb for the movie you're
0: you're wait, you're lo- you're waiting for the youtuber actually <laughs> <laughs> but but i i don't even think that's it i think it's just they had something on paper they had something in the script that they thought made thematic sense connecting you know german you know um you know guilt and her, you know the horrors of the holocaust with this you know the horrors going back centuries with you know this helena marcos character but it, it doesn't work i think he i
1: think he had some kind of um very very broad ideas but there's not there's nothing actual I don't think the movie actually has anything interesting yeah. to say about and, any of this
0: and the thing is ultimately you come to the movie Suspiria and especially you know I think whether you've seen the original film or not you're watching this story thinking okay this is a movie about this girl who goes to this dance company and weird shit starts happening to her and her roommate and we're going to explore that. But because of all the stuff with Dr. Klemper, it just, it's adding stuff into the movie that it's not adding extra thematic weight. It's not adding resonance. You know, it's not even adding pathos. It's not making me feel emotions by the time it gets to where it gets to in the last like 10 minutes. It's just extra stuff.
1: Yeah, it's not like you get any kind of attachment to Dr. Klempner as a character.
0: No, you don't no. Care you care about this person at no. all? No, and I maybe part of that too is you're also in my case I was always conscious that this is Tilda Swinton yeah. playing this role in like what feels like an odd like art film experiment and maybe they should have just gotten an old man who we can actually invest in instead of me Always hearing like a woman's voice whenever he spoke.
1: Yeah, there's the movie never justifies having Tilda Swinton play multiple roles.
0: No. And I left uh, her and,
1: fine in the main role. Yeah,
0: and she also, well, she also plays Helena Marcos too. I don't know if you knew that.
1: Not, <laughs> I didn't know that when I watched the movie. I learned it when I was reading the Wikipedia page. For yeah. This movie.
0: And for those, and for those, uh, just to remind, like Helena Marcos is kind of like the. I don't know if you call her like the linchpin character of both stories. She's like the malevolent force that, you know, she's look, you know, th- this, uh, it almost in a way it just popped my head. It almost feels like grandpa from the Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre movies. Like in terms of what the movie's trying to do, Helena Marcos is basically grandpa. <laughs> He's looking for someone to suck on a finger that's bleeding. <laughs> It's just in Texas Chainsaw, that idea is communicated so simply in this. In both movies, it's just like, oh, all right. So you're like a thousand, you're like hundreds of years old. And now to be fair, one thing we haven't touched on, the makeup effects in this new Suspiria are, you know, really good.
1: Great. Absolutely great. Also, this movie has... No exaggeration, one of the best horror set pieces I've literally ever seen.
0: Well, at, at the least, in you know, um, yeah, in a long time for me, yeah, it, yeah, there, there's a uh, a murder sequence that involves, you know, you, and this is a case where the editing and the juxtaposition of Guadagnino and his editor's style really, really works because he does this, I think, a lot in the movie, but here. It's basically a character is, you know, disagreed and, you know, basically, you know, had a kind of an argument with Madame Blanc and she's doing something in another room. And Dakota Johnson's character is doing like her, you know, this incredibly complex dance and her dance via the power of these witches is making this other woman contort herself into, like, a pretzel.
1: It's a murder dance, basically. Yeah. Madame Block turns Dakota Johnson character Susie into an unwitting, like, murderer. So every time yeah. she dances, and you're right, it's a very kind of, like, violent, like, you primal he- dance. And,
0: and, you he- and the sound design, too. You hear, like, every crunch. It, it's It's an extremely visceral, grotesque set piece, and... It's where it feels like this is the scene where it is really like, oh, we decided to, we're we're going to do something that is our own thing. This is not us repeating the barbed wire. This is not us having like a character hung like in Suspiria or even the, the dog. <laughs> yeah, and
1: I, I've been a horror movie fan since I was a young child. I'm, I'm not squeamish. I'm not. I'm pretty desensitized to like depictions of movie violence. This is one of the grossest things I've ever it, seen. Th- it's this is, really unsettling. It, it's
0: Zelda in Pet Cemetery level, right?
1: Yes, that's what it was. And I said to you that ultimately, I don't like Suspiria 2018. Like, I would give it a thumbs down. I don't recommend it. But this one scene is so good on its own, it almost justifies the movie's existence. Yeah, and. I did some research about how they shot this and I think the reason why it's so great is it relies so heavily on practical effects.
0: Practical effects and also the fact that the the performer was also a contortionist. So yes. you're combining it's it's you know verisimilitude of you know this performer you know adding on yeah special effects and there's a little bit of CGI.
1: Well, what I love- is basically when you see the actual like mutilation and like distortion of her body that's not CGI that's all either practical effects or again the actress being a contortionist so she can just do things with her body most people can't the only time they used CGI was in a few shots they CGI'd her real limbs out Mm. and kept the practical effect fake limbs in Mm -hmm. so basically though none of like the actual brutalization of her body that we see is cgi it's all the actress's unique physical gifts and practical effects yes and i've said this all the time like we know when we're seeing something real versus seeing something fake yeah. And we just I just think we react so much more strongly.
0: Well, it, it does the wise thing of mixing the two. Like they use the CGI when they have to, mm-hmm. but they want people to notice like this is actually happening with the rest of this uh it, the rest of the situation. I think those are always you know, that was like a lot of the effects in uh, Everything Everywhere all at once. Yeah. You know, or, um, you know, when you have a filmmaker that wants you to believe what's on screen, it always helps to have as much real stuff as you can. And then, you know, it's almost like don't add, just subtract. Yeah. If that makes sense.
1: Incredible yeah. practical effects. And even the last, like the Final showdown between Susie and the Coven, I thought was a disaster. It's a miasma. Because it's obvious the filmmaker wants me to take this deadly seriously, but it's utterly ridiculous. Yeah. But I gotta say, I respect the use of practical effects on the Helena Marcos, like rotting body. Helena
0: Marcos's rotting body, and when Dakota Johnson is almost kinda like in the style of like mother. You know, kind of pulling apart her body, like that also looked really gruesome. Um, and yeah, all of that looked great. I even liked—I liked this more than you did. I also liked the performance of their when what they've been rehearsing for the whole movie when they finally are performing. What was the name of the, of the dance? Oh, I don't remember. I, no, I, I
1: really liked that dance. I thought it was awesome. Oh,
0: you did? Okay. Yeah, I, I love that dance sequence, especially with all of the, uh, like, the red string, I don't know yeah. what you call that, that they were playing with. It makes, you it, like, yeah, what they mentioned on this Oscar buzz, I'm kind of surprised that just with, like, the costume design and makeup, this didn't get more awards attention because they really put good work into that. I just wish some of that work had been put into the script.
1: Yeah, and I do feel bad because you, you can see that this movie is a labor of love. Like, it oh, yeah. really does feel like that. It's just that the script well, again, is yeah. a mess.
0: Well, again, for, for Tilda Swinton to, you know, pull a, a Peter Sellers and perform multiple characters, <laughs> you know, like, this is her... I mentioned this movie, and some of you may know this one, but Kind Hearts and Coronets without Guinness, that also popped in my head, you know that shows that she really is dedicated to this, and I actually like her quite a bit as Madame Blanc too, yeah you know, I think that's a character, both you know Joan Bennett and Tilda Swenton they're on par for that um and you know, and ultimately, I, you know, I liked Mia Goth as well, um you know she's not on Pearl level, but you know what is, but it's just yeah it it's. It's just too much. This movie is, it needed to, I don't know if it needed to be more focused in the writing or the editing because ultimately, too, there's there's also in this new one, a dramatic, the device of acts, mm-hmm. like chapters. And I'm sorry, those acts don't feel like they are coming in at points where I feel like, oh, this is the star of a new act. They, they were just,
1: totally arbitrary.
0: Well, all right, they're, I will say that, well, the act that comes in right before they do the big dance. Okay, fine. But yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know what it is. I, yeah, I think as I was a little more with the movie maybe earlier on than you were, but by that last half hour, I just said, like, I give up.
1: Yeah, I was, I was enjoying this movie for a while because, again, while ultimately I think they're, performance falters near the end. I liked Dakota Johnson in the beginning. I thought the movie did a good job of kind of setting up where you might be going.
0: Yeah, and I even liked even though it was, you know, a, a very muddy look. It's definitely a much muddier, you know, beige look than the original. It it feel it has a good look to it for what it's trying to do.
1: Yeah, and I would say Another thing that kind of irritated me, this was a minor thing, but I think it's a reflective of a bigger problem. Mm -hmm. There was this one witch who is in the coven who has almost no dialogue, but she's always seen as being, she's always shown as being very uncomfortable. Yes. Very like twitchy. So she's always obviously in distress, and she's obviously not on board with the rest of the coven. And there's just this reaction shock to her where she's very obviously like twitching and like pursing her lips. And she's obviously in great distress. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, man, there better be a pretty good payoff. And the payoff is she just randomly switched her own throat during one of the like coven.
0: Yeah. D- yeah. that That was odd. You're right. That was very odd. Like. Did they did they ever explain who she was even? No. No. Yeah, that's such a wasted opportunity because right there there's a good idea there that like there's someone in their coven, you're right, that's not on board with what they're doing. They're not on board with everything with Helena Marcos and, you know, finding this the one, you know, new girl. Yeah. But like have a conversation. Have a scene where she gets to be a character, not just this, like, shock device.
1: Yeah, she's basically a bag it, of ticks, and then she kills herself.
0: Well, and this, now I have, well, here's a question, then. Could this, should this movie have been, like, this just popped in my head, and this is because you've watched a lot of this show. Should this, should this have been, like, a season of American Horror Story, <laughs> German Vacation? <laughs> Because in a way, this kind of reminds me of what they do on American Horror Story from the bits I've seen, where they actually where they create like this very specific kind of tone, but they have time to explore the characters.
1: You know, that's a good. It's funny, like I'm the one who actually watches American Horror Story, and I didn't think of that, but that's a good comparison. Yeah, I kind of feel like th- to make this a good movie. I would have paired out all the stuff with the old guy and just made it about it, the damn studio. It
0: could have easily been a two-hour movie. This could have easily been a flat two hours, and yeah, you could have trimmed a lot of the stuff with the old guy. And you know, it in a weird way, maybe they had the old guy in place of the piano player from the original movie. <laughs> who's like kind of the outsider that gets fucked with by the witches. Um, that's another set piece I love in the original movie.
1: But yeah, maybe you're right to really flesh out all...
0: Okay, so where were we?
1: Okay, so I think this movie gestures at a lot of stuff, but doesn't actually have a coherent thing to say about no. any of the things gesturing at. So maybe if it had been like a miniseries, it could have gone deeper... But I think it would have been better if, yeah, they turned in a two-hour horror movie, because there is potential here. hmm And it's very frustrating, too, that they don't make the protagonist more interesting than no. she was in the original. For <laughs> yeah, me, that that, would, that's, the,
0: that's the easy one.
1: That would be an area of potential improvement. Like, Absolutely. okay, make this lead character more interesting. Mm-hmm. That's something that you could have built on. Definitely. And they didn't. No,
0: instead, again, they, they they put it on the friend who you know, if you've seen the original movie, is going to get iced because yeah. that's what always happens with the although in this case she gets iced but in a much in a different way than what we saw with Barb Wire Girl in the original. <laughs> um in this one it's actually that that involves a gr- like a gruesome moment too with Mio Goth in the leg. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was you know it, there's something about body horror and Luca Guadagnino that is a good fit between this and, you know, Bones and All, he knows how to show imagery that gets under your skin.
1: Yeah, I really think maybe Suspiria was kind of like his training wheels and getting the rust off because Bones and All is a really good movie. And yeah, I think he excels at, act, at making horror imagery that actually does, like, unsettle you and creep you
0: yeah. out. Yeah, and maybe, well, maybe part of the difference too is I think Bones and All was a, a book Mm -hmm. originally, so maybe adapting a book is a little in a different space for him I don't don't know if I have too much else to say though, I mean do you have final thoughts about these movies?
1: My final thoughts are the original Suspiria movie a good time Mm -hmm. watch it, enjoy it wish that um, Giallo movies actually recorded dialogue on set Um, but I guess they were too cheap for that yeah and but I recommend it. And yeah. Suspiria remake, there are many good things about it, but ultimately yeah. I don't think it works. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would be the same way, although, like I said, I, you know, I think the original Suspiria is pretty awesome. Um, I, you know, I, I would recommend that highly, especially if you are looking for a different kind of you know, suspense horror uh that is you know completely using all of the tricks in you know a filmmaker's disposal stylistically, uh, especially with the Goblin soundtrack. That's a big part of it. The sound, sa- by the way, the soundtrack of the new one is uh, Tom York, which actually sometimes works for me and other times didn't. Whenever you heard Tom York's voice, eh? Um, so I would say for the new one. Go on YouTube, try to find if they have any scenes from that and check out the, the set pieces there. Um, but maybe you guys have a different thought about this. If you've seen either one of the Suspirias and you want to let us know, uh, wagesofcinema at gmail.com. Um, you know, we're on Instagram, or on Twitter. Uh, you know, Let us know if you have any thoughts on these movies. We'd love to maybe read them on the next episode uh, that we do at the end. Um, and when we come back next time, we're not going to have too long of a break because we're going to have another versus, and this is for something that will be, uh, playing in theaters currently. Uh, that's kind of our idea. We'll just kind of leave the, the air of guessing at that. Um, so until next time I am Bageljack.
1: <laughs> I am Trash Pandacory.
0: And the wages of cinema is Suspiria. Good night. Suspiria. But you cannot escape. Suspiria. You're only seeing more terrifying than the last 12 minutes of Suspiria are the first 92 <laughs>